Guram. Gujab. Purbag. <laughs> Saragug. Hello and welcome to the World Building Podcast. I'm Will. And I am Eli. And uh, we feel good. We knew that we would. Um, uh, <laughs> oh anyway, man, I should have saved that for the end. You really should have. Um, <laughs> so welcome to episode nine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we are going to be zoning in on a specific uh, character. We, we, when we were talking about the city of Krakengard, mm-hmm. uh, we mentioned possibly this uh, reformer character mm-hmm. that sort of modernized and uh, reformed a lot of like the economy and possibly other things of the city. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to zoom in on that guy or person and yeah. really uh, figure out mm-hmm. what's up. So in the original episode when we were talking about Krakengard, which I don't even think we came up with the name Krakengard in that episode. No. But when we were in that episode, we were talking about this person being the child of long-standing Orcish nobility in Krakengard, who I think we joked about them like going away to college and then bringing back all these like merchant yeah. contacts or something. Exactly. Um, which I think is a really fun place to start. But number one, let's figure out what kind of gender this person is. Yeah, do we want to, like, literally do this randomly? I'm going to do it randomly. Let me okay. pull up a thing. Okay. So, so, so uh, uh, just for mechanical reasons, mm-hmm. the options are male pronouns, female pronouns, or neutral pronouns. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to do he, she, or they. This person uses he, him. Uses he, him pronouns. All right. This person identifies as male. Alrighty. So, our... Lovely Orgish son. Do we want to come up with a name real quick and cut out all the air of us noodling around and what their name is going to be? <laughs> what his name's going to be? I actually am kind of feeling it wrong. I agree, actually. That was yeah. literally the first one on the list. That one's was nice. Like, I like Ram. Hole in one. Hole in yeah. one orc name generator. Ram, yeah. I'm into it. Okay. Do we do we want to say that's a first name or that's the family name? Let's do, we... let's do first name. Yeah. Do um, we want it? I think I feel like maybe doing a family name could be useful. Yeah, family name would be good. Do we want this person to be like general nobility? Do we want them to be uh, religious nobility? When we talked about the city to begin with, it's got essentially three branches of government, which is the rich people, the church, and, and the, the mediator. Right. <laughs> it's like yeah. I definitely feel this person more being from the from the nobility side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like if he were on the religious side, he would have gotten his education probably on the island in the middle of the bay. That's a good point. Okay. Yeah, so I feel like he's a noble, noble person who went okay. off somewhere else to university. All right. Uram. Grozutag. <laughs> uh, I, I don't remember. I think it's in the Elder Scrolls mm-hmm. that Gro... Or something like it is mm-hmm. a sort of a prefix mm-hmm. that you would put in front of a last name to be like son of. Mm. I like using that. Like spe- yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. I really like using that, especially since orcs tend to be, are very like tribal and family based. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we did their like family, spirituality, and industry. Yeah. I think is what it was. Yeah, so I definitely like them having some sort of like family mm-hmm. like uh like a son of type suffix yeah i like that or prefix like that. so so working working name for this guy uram grozutag yes all right so we've got uram uram grows up with his parents in this city of krakengard in krakengard probably pretty cushy-ish lifestyle because if we're going with nobility, they've got mm-hmm. money. Um, do we want this to be one of the like super long-standing families, like been there for generations? I I, I do think so. Yeah. Okay. Especially since like uh, we talked about like this 
probably being the person who brought in a lot of the newer nobility. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I definitely feel like they kind of have to be from the old guard. Right. Because of him heading off to college, essentially, university, do we want his focus to be more heavily magic-sided or more heavily, like, engineering? I feel like maybe the idea that university is for non-magic people as well is probably maybe a new thing Mm -hmm. so i think maybe he showed some magical talent and that's what got him into the university but then even though he could use magic he was Mm -hmm. like oh i'm actually really into like these other educational areas so i do think he has some uh, that he has some magic and that's how he got sent to to university so krakengard definitely does have its own university so do we want to say that he had a really specialized kind of magic that either he or his family wanted him to focus on that was not generally taught in Krakengard. That's right, because it's important that he does not go to school in Krakengard. He Mm -hmm. goes somewhere else. I figure they have a lot of focus on uh, divine magics, Mm -hmm. just by nature of what the city is like. And then probably, like, water elemental-based things. Mm -hmm. No, that would be more of a... small. I was thinking, like, smaller magics, like, cantrippy style, but that would probably be more of a apprenticeship right 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 sort of thing i really like the idea of him being good at transmutation Ooh, yeah yeah like that because that's like as far as schools of magic go that's probably like the most complex one mm-hmm. i feel like i feel like that's the one where you get most into like magical theoretical physics mm-hmm. and stuff and that would also fit in really well with him enjoying like learning creating. in other areas yeah as and well. like putting together weird machines and trying to mix everything up yeah I like okay. that. Okay. So he had a talent for transmutation magic and so was sent to a super prestigious uh, and well-known school of transmutation magic. Mm-hmm. Somewhere inland. Yeah, somewhere inland. Or uh, Oh, do we actually, because we haven't actually done anything with all these cool islands that you put out there. True. We want this school to be on an island. And one of them islands. That's an option. It would be a lot. The super cool new technological revolution hasn't happened yet because this mm-hmm. is the guy that does it. Yeah. But I but it see the the sea is still the fastest way to travel, and so yeah. it would you would still be got boats. yeah. It would still be easier to get to something far away with boats. So I do like the idea of it being on an island. All right. Cool. That'll give us a in to flesh out those islands a little bit yeah. later on because we got so excited about the islands and then we put Krakengard, the thing that we're focusing on, on one of the continents. Right, right, right. Okay, so he's on one of these island schools for transmutation. And while he's there, he makes a lot of friends mm-hmm. from noble families and rich kids and mm-hmm. stuff from all over mm-hmm. and uh, discovers he has interest in more than just magic. He wants to learn about all of these other things and mm-hmm. probably likes to talk about them. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. like, discuss these things with his cool new friends that he's mm-hmm. made. Like, uh, I definitely like the idea that it wasn't just... He didn't just pop a lot of these cool new ideas out of thin mm-hmm. air in no. his head like this this happened from him like talking about these and oh, debating yeah. these with the other people this is a, this is a bunch of like club nerds getting together yeah and like having debates exactly yeah and he he was a nerd he was a nerd um, uram is a nerd <laughs> do you think people get bullied for being nerds at transmutation magic school oh, absolutely <laughs> absolutely look I, a liberal arts major, make fun of film majors. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this dude gets made fun of. <laughs> like, it'll happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. So do we want to say that, like, because I'm sure this is a, a thing that happens over time, 
Do we want to say that the first time the concepts that his friends have really get introduced to Krakengard, like, say they all go as a group on holiday back to his hometown, mm-hmm. something like that, and maybe one of them ends up liking Krakengard so much or seeing so much potential that they just sort of hang around? I can dig that. Or decide to hang around after they graduate or whatever? Right. I definitely also like the plot point of him coming back and going, oh, hey, I've been talking about all these cool new ideas, and I didn't even think about, hey, the place I'm from is kind of backwards. Yeah. <laughs> and that kind of being a moment where it's like, oh, I have to bring all these cool new ideas mm-hmm. to Kraken Garden. Mm-hmm. And he has a close friend that goes with him, mm-hmm. that goes home with him. And a cool friend. Maybe even a romantic interest. Yeah, yeah. Uh. You give Urom someone that he's interested in. Yeah. But but we're talking about Urom right we're now. We're talking about Urom. Okay. Does Urom graduate? This is very important to me, personally. (laughs) Hmm. Does he decide that this thing that he's interested in might actually be served better by him applying it? Maybe the question to ask is not necessarily did he graduate, but just did he do well in school? Mm. Like, if he went there for transmutation magic Mm -hmm. and showed interest in other things, does that Mm -hmm. mean he didn't focus on transmutation and magic enough in order to do well and quote-unquote graduate because i don't know if that's really how old style colleges yeah. work but um i can see him getting distracted enough that people get frustrated with how little he actually seems to care about transmutation mm-hmm. <laughs> despite showing promise in it i'm sure he will is talking like non-stop about the potential of intermixing guys guys i just had this wicked cool new idea what if money itself follows a supply and demand structure <gasps> <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. Hear me out. We use electricity magic to run through filaments (laughs) and light rooms. Guys, this crazy thing just happened to me. I was eating a picnic under a tree and an apple fell on my head. (laughs) But yeah, in that way, way, I can see him being that guy who like never shuts up at parties about his new thing. So he's Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, but like... More pleasant. Right, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I think... I don't know if I'm ready to say that he straight up failed, but I think he definitely, like, barely skated by. Yeah, no, he's a smart cookie. He's just distracted. Yeah, relatable. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so he barely passes, gets his magical degree, Mm -hmm. comes back to Krakengard, and decides, okay, I'm going to bring these cool new ideas Mm -hmm. that me and my friends had home to Krakengard, and we're going to do stuff. We're going to do stuff. What do you think is the first thing that he... Not necessarily succeeded in, but the first thing he tried to change. I think he gets a couple of his friends, phones them up on the magic carrier pigeon. They, they pull mm. out their sending stones. Got their send- Thank you, sending stones. <laughs> <laughs> I've only made it to like level three. We've never found any sending stones. I just had a really cool idea involving sending stones, but let's continue. So yeah, he communicates with these friends of his, and maybe one of these friends, maybe a few of these friends grab some of that nobility money, hop on over, and essentially give him a grant to start working on something. I do like that. We know that he himself is also from the nobility. Do you think that his family is supportive of his ventures? Or do you think they're like, nah, we just send you off, sent you off to learn some magic tricks. Just stick to what we planned for you. I think 
think they are indulgent in the sort of like like as long like as long as you do your duties you can do this cool side project in the sort of oh sweetie i mean of course we'll fund one of your projects but like get it out of Mm. your system and then you can come back that sort of thing okay what if like what if that is basically exactly what they did? Like, like maybe they didn't even do it right away. They, mm-hmm. they, he just like kept asking, "I have this really cool idea. I just mm-hmm. need some of the family money for it." And they're like, "Okay, fine. You get this one, mm-hmm. and then you gotta focus up on your shit." And he just really knocks it out of the park. Mm-hmm. And, he, and it is some big thing that brings his family a lot of prestigious. Prestige, prestige that's the word brings his family a lot of prestige and it kind of makes everyone take notice and uh, his family goes oh maybe we should let him keep doing yeah. this and then the ball starts rolling people start right. showing up okay but what is that what first is thing what is that first project something where he's like i know that i can bring this idea to crack and guard mm-hmm. and he's able to do it on the first try what if our boy uran is the one who figures out how to conduct magic through Quicksilver properly and use that as a fuel, essentially. Okay, I can dig that. Because I, I, w- I was thinking of some other things, like uh, what, what if, what if, like what I was thinking is what if he in- invented the skyships. Mm-hmm. But uh, I kind of like your thing better because it's like a simple, like a step one kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't think that he could create skyships out of thin air yeah like i was definitely leaning towards skyships but then i sort of focused in more on how the skyships run because you got to start with an engine before right. you make a car right that is true yes <laughs> you need the combustion engine before you make the car okay but also if it was just a theoretical thing hey mm-hmm. i can do this cool fuel thing mm-hmm. i feel like that wouldn't really get a lot of attention so what did he use it for that got a lot of attention hmm. i mean is it something as simple as oh i made a magical self-powered cart or do you think it's something maybe a little more impressive than that i think it's a little more impressive what if he managed to make this engine that then powers i didn't come up with a name for them during the kraken guard episode but the device that keeps the krakens away because hmm. we talked about maybe having like a light or a frequency that drives them off. Um, I think we toyed with the idea of having a frequency specifically that resonates badly with the metal in their beaks. And there's some sort of tower defense mechanism that has that Mm -hmm. running. And I imagine before there's any sort of way to power it automatically, you've got to have someone standing there casting a spell or turning the crank or something Mm -hmm. to make this happen. So what if he creates an engine that can then keep that running perpetually until you refuel it? See, I had always imagined that kind of being the purview of, like, the the clerical people. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if they would let someone be messing around with that, especially on the first try. That's fair. I'm I'm, I'm mainly leaning towards this having something to do with, like, the Kraken ships or the actual, like, guards... What if the, the the Mark One, so to speak, of the ship that fights the Krakens is just like a regular boat mm-hmm. that's got this thing on it as a propulsion system? I like that. Yeah. It's uh, make them real fast. Yeah, make them make them real fast. Um, it's a simple. It's a not a huge leap, mm-hmm. but a very important one. Yeah. Um, and That'd it's something. Little... It's something that he could do on the first try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm liking that. Yeah. Keeping it keeping it small to start out with. And I'm sure the first test run was not directly against a kraken because that's not something no. you want to no. test against something that could kill you. The first one was just a regular giant squid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe, maybe he like. Maybe to begin with, to make sure this thing even works, he, like, plunks it on a rowboat and goes and takes mm. it for a spin around the island and then goes, I can make this bigger. Or if it's just as simple as, 
oh hey you know that place that's really far away i mm-hmm. came there and back i went there and back in like a month <laughs> yeah something like that. right so he does he, he makes so he plops this cool new magical propulsion system on a boat mm-hmm. and makes it really fast and everyone's mm-hmm. like oh hey that's really cool we're gonna let Neat. you do more stuff yeah and then i i imagine this is the point where he starts bringing more of his college buddies around mm-hmm. to to not even just brainstorm, but to start building things that can right. then help with industry. And then slowly over time, like his mm-hmm. buddies invite some of their buddies and starts mm-hmm. bringing it and an, an entire like new class of wealthy, probably nobles mm-hmm. to to Kraken Garden. So how does this new influx of fame and fortune then affect uh, Uron's family? I think that he's pretty well won over his own family mm-hmm. i think with a lot of like this fame and success and money that he's been able to bring in all this prestige that he's generated i think that he's basically running the family now yes and i meant more like um socially for the family group mm-hmm. in general like how are they seen now in the city do they suddenly move to a much nicer house i think that's is it like an everybody yeah. knows your name sort of situation i think it's an everybody knows your name situation right. i think that his family is kind of uh, living high on the hog, so to speak, right. that he's increased their standard of living substantially mm-hmm. and that they are grateful to him for it. Yes. And that maybe some other noble families are starting to get jealous. Mm-hmm. How long do we want to say this period of time was between him coming back from university to him getting noticed? Was that like five years, ten years, six months? Let's say just like a couple of years, maybe mm-hmm. like three or four. All right. Like, like he didn't just come back and all of a sudden they're like, yes, you have everything you no, want. Yeah. But like, I don't want to, I don't want it to be too long. quick turnover. Mm-hmm. And then once he starts getting noticed, maybe another like two years to really get the ball rolling for this mm-hmm. secondary magical industrial revolution. Right. Okay. So that, if that's the first thing he did and that's what, and the, the whole magical propulsion system, mm-hmm. it was pretty revolutionary in its own right. But I feel like... There needs to be one other, like, really big, at least one other mm-hmm. really big thing that is attributed to this person. Because mm-hmm. uh, they are, I, I imagine them being, like, a, uh, a quasi-legendary figure oh, almost yeah. by Definitely. this point. And I feel like just making a cool new boat and inviting your friends over yeah, isn't quite no, enough not to do huge. that. Do we want to say that, I mean, if we both were leaning towards him inventing skyships, do we want to just say that? could that's... just be his next project, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> or what if, like, maybe if he, he works on a bunch of other stuff and mm-hmm. but keeps having this in the back of his head mm-hmm. and maybe, like, it isn't even towards the end of his life yeah. that he finally gets Skyships to work. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's there's been different iterations of the Skyship. Do we even want to say that he's responsible for, like, the first submersibles? Because I'm sure he mucked around with that as well. I think so. Like, maybe, we... maybe even before he worked on Skyships, like, maybe this is going to be yeah, the submarine. Yeah, we go under. And everyone was like, yeah, nah. That's, that's silly. That's even that's going even further into their realm. Why yeah. are you doing this? Yeah. Submarines, everyone decided was not a good idea. Not a good call. And he let that one drop. But yeah, no, I think it was probably Skyships. Although I'm sure that was... Do we want to say that one of his friends was really the, like, final push for the design that actually gets it to work? Uh, I know, yeah. I know from experience working on one thing. Sometimes just when someone else looks at it, and oh no, like, absolutely. Okay, and then you change this, and then it all falls into place. Right, right. No, absolutely. All right. Do we want this to be maybe this this boy's love interest? <laughs> that, I'm gonna keep leaning into this because I mean that does make it makes very it like nice. that makes it really nice. <laughs> do we do, do we do we want to like? 
I mean, it, we're only at like 24 minutes in. Do we want to kind of flesh out this person a little bit too? I'm in a very sweet and sappy place right now. So. No way. <laughs> well, how, whatever is the reason. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Do, do yeah. we do we want to make a roll for this person's gender as well? Let's make a roll for it. Same deal? Same deal. Well, it is a one again. Okay. So it is another male identifying individual. Do we want to? We could we could roll for the race of this person as well. We could. Yeah. Can you pull up the gods list for me, please? The gods list. Because that has most of them. Four. That is sewing textiles. Elves. Elves. So our orc son Uram Grozutag has a beautiful elf boyfriend. Yes. Who who was able to supply the missing piece needed to make airships to work. Mm-hmm. Do we want this person to, do we want him to be more engineering focused or do we want him to be more magic focused? I mean, I definitely like that, like maybe this was, like maybe they both came in and found an interest in this engineering stuff and that's mm-hmm. sort of how they started hanging out and, right. you know, got together and stuff. Like, particularly like if elves are into sewing textiles, what if this elf was like, oh, I'm going to make a magical loom or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I like that. I definitely like the idea of them both being into the engineering stuff. All right. Cool. He's probably one of the folks that gets brought back that first time. Then he's probably one of the ones that then comes back the second go around. Absolutely. That means they have some sort of gap of time. And this is probably another noble boy, mm-hmm. just by virtue mm-hmm. of being in that expensive island transmutation school. Right. <laughs> now I'm stuck on Magical Bloom. That's a very good idea. <laughs> I like that. It works very well. And lovely magic textile. Well, you know those, like, those robe, it's like the robe of many patches or spells oh, right, or whatever. Right, right, you rip right. off a patch and it's a spell. I love that. I love that's, that. That's nonsense. good shit. That's, that's good, good shit. shit. And that's what I think about when I think about, like, magic textiles. Actually. Okay, so we have Uram. We have his elf boyfriend who helps mm-hmm. him build cool shit. Do we want to talk about, like, does Uram have a rival or an adversary or... Just someone that is against him in some way. I feel like maybe that's a good, that could be a fun thing to mm-hmm. go down. Mm-hmm. So hear me out on the rival front. What if this is like, what if this is a Salieri situation? <laughs> Where they're not so much rivals, but whenever the story gets retold, this person is then like demonized and okay. framed as the rival because it makes a better story. So just someone that he kind of had like a friendly competition with. Yeah, friendly competition, maybe even someone that he was just like, good friends with that for whatever reason like one person one time saw them fighting and Mm. then that has then exploded into this every time the tale gets retold oh they were bitter rivals and they never wanted to succeed at anything okay do we want to say this is someone else from his school oh yes okay so (laughs) an 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 old school acquaintance that Mm -hmm. he has had a potentially friendly potentially contentious relationship with depending on who you ask yes let's roll for this lovely individual okay one demon blood okay so we got demon blood so it's a tiefling who uses they them okay a non-binary tiefling Mm -hmm. who went to the university as well Mm -hmm. do we want to be does do we want this person to be like no i think that we should be focusing on magic stuff more and they're like super into the magic side of things yeah they're 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 probably definitely way into the like no you need to focus on magic because that's what we know about and this is the the best way to Mm -hmm. help folks like what industry like like why bother making a tinker thing that goes voom when i can just cast a spell that goes voom yeah yeah (laughs) no i definitely see that being a a thing that like uh they debate about yes 
Light bulb? What is the point of a light bulb? I can just smack my hands and, and annoy and light the light spell. happens. Like, right, come on. Right, right, right. I think feel like this is probably a person that went back with him like the first time mm-hmm. to Kraken Guard. Definitely. But maybe didn't go back with him after the school is done. Yeah. Maybe went off to their own home city. Did their own thing, yeah. Yeah. But I think this person definitely like did take some of his ideas mm-hmm. home with him. Because oh, yeah. I'll, I'll be, or they, sorry. Yeah. But but they definitely, it wasn't quite as contentious as a lot of the stories are. And it, no, it was like, yeah. actually did like a lot of the ideas that Uron had. Mm-hmm. So when they went home to whatever their city is, they yeah. brought a lot of those ideas. And maybe even kept up a correspondence. Yeah, and I'm sure it, it could also turn into some sort of like, Bugs Life versus Ant situation. <laughs> where this technology... Or magic that they then start, uh, magic that they then start developing fulfills sort of the same role, but from a different direction. So mm. it's more magic than tech focused. Well, I definitely like that idea a lot. That this is sort of a uh, a, a Tesla to mm-hmm. to Uron's Edison, yeah. but with some of the without some of the more problematic parts of that. Whole you know, story. yeah, you know. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it was more of a it was less of a they stole from him and more of a exchanging of ideas but you know when that story gets retold in Kraken Guard it's did you hear what they stole from him this time right right and he's like I didn't steal it I sent them the plans we had a nice working relationship <laughs> oh honey it's okay you don't need to save their reputation right exactly exactly <laughs> he's just like banging his head against a wall <laughs> He's got like 12 journals that are like this is one of my good friends and then historians later on are like they hated one <laughs> I like that a lot. I like that a lot. And then, of course, those other historians were like, "But they, were they kissing that?" Because there's always those historians. <laughs> there's always just the historians who wonder, "Were they kissing though?" <laughs> All okay. right. So we've got Uram. We've got a rival. We've got a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I want to come back to mm-hmm. the idea of an antagonist. Yes. Maybe someone within Krakengard who is mm-hmm. like, "I do not like these reform things you are doing." Yes. So, um, when I was taking up notes for episode four, Mm -hmm. uh, we kept circling back to some of the more noble folks, or maybe even specifically the monarch of this city, not enjoying the idea of quicker travel specifically, Mm -hmm. because the ramifications of that would mean that the more, the, the, the farther a person's reach is, the more likely that those monarchs then have to respond an answer to the monarchs that are higher up from them. Mm-hmm. Because the world is constantly expanding, most of the time before this, this fast travel system happened, there was a point where kings or monarchs were so far away from one another that contacting one another was pointless. Yeah. And so the person who was above you eventually just sort of faded into, into the background. But then if the potential for contacting them then happens, there is so much space for you to lose your power. Right. That I imagine some of the higher up folks are kind of like, I don't like what direction this is taking. Right, right. Sort of, we like being isolated mm-hmm. kind of yeah. thing. So I'm sure there's lots of scaremongering at this point going on once folks catch on to the fact that he's doing quicker travel specifically. Right. <laughs> and then the airships one, I'm sure, really scares them. Right. Because if you can travel quickly over land, that's a whole thing. Right, right. That becomes a whole thing. Right. Like, oh, he's just trying to put us back under the overlordship of... That ancient king from long ago. Mm-hmm. Or even, like, the basic enough, these haven't been tested fully. How do you know they're not going to explode or sapple your magic away from you? I've tested it. I crashed a, an airship that had a cat on it, and it killed the cat. It 
ripped my cousin's sister's soul right out of their body. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it, but I heard about it. I heard about it. <laughs> that sort of thing. Right, right, right. That sort right. of thing, I'm sure, is prolific. Absolutely. So it's a much, a much more insidious, but m- probably much more effective barrier that our boy Uram is going to come against. Okay. Come up against. Okay. Let's see, what are some other things we can talk about? Because mm. this isn't taking as long as I thought it was going to. It's gonna... not. It's <laughs> not. And I mean, we're, we probably have like 30 minutes-ish. So he, he directly went in and made some cool stuff and yeah. made some new things. What, what do you think is an indirect effect that he had on Krakengard? Like not something that he specifically did himself, but because of him being there and what he was doing sort of happened as a side effect. Definitely exponential commerce. Mm-hmm. Um, and then probably Krakengard becoming a destination. Because if you've got this epicenter of quicker travel... You're going to want to go there. Because mm-hmm. you can go there and then very quickly jaunt back home. Relatively quickly. So this is a probably not what he was planning for. But we mentioned at least the city outgrowing its initial sort of walls. Right. So the very quick expansion of the city, I think, is probably the ultimate unintended consequence of what okay. he has created. Here's an idea that I want to run by you. Mm-hmm. If he is essentially creating the science of engineering yeah. apart from magic, what do you think about the idea that he kind of either himself or just as a consequence of having all this engineering knowledge surrounding him, probably the first non-magical focused university opens up in Krakengard. Yes, I like that. The the Krakengard College of Engineering. Yes, I'm sure he, like, funds that. Could it be, like, the, what is it, the... The Grozutag Yeah, the, the Grozutag School of Engineering. I like that. Yeah, because then it could be a, like, cute, cutesy little thing. Oh, again, I'm very mushy today. That could be, then, because of the, the naming conventions, it could be a sort of, everyone who attends this school is my children spiritually oh, or whatever yeah. that could be like a focus of the school i like that it could be like a very familial thing yeah and, and that would kind of add to the sort of the legendary wake of this care of mm-hmm. this character mm-hmm. yeah there if there there's this prestigious school that is constantly churning out high level engineers that refer that think of him as a father figure yes. almost and i'm sure it's one of those like sort of creepy private school things where there's like pictures and images of him everywhere oh yeah even though he's not like i'm sure to begin with he was very hands-on in the um education but Mm -hmm. as things got bigger and he got busier and older i'm sure he pulled back a little bit more but there's still very clear like images of him everywhere you you go down the hall of portraits like there's uram there's uram there's a bust of uram there's there's another portrait of uram there's uram and his boyfriend there's Uh, uram and his husband (laughs) Mm-hmm. There's a dark corner with all the cobwebs where you mm-hmm. see his tiefling buddy that we don't talk about a whole lot. He ins- he insisted that we po- put the portrait up, but we don't bother. We don't. Yeah. We don't go in there. Yeah. We, we sometimes we sometimes dare first years to go over there. <laughs> we we dare first years to sleep in the hallway <laughs> in, front of, in front of the demon blood portrait. I like that. And eventually there's someone's like, I don't know, I think that they weren't that bad. And they get, like, shunned and bullied. Yeah, they get shunned, but they go and they, like, polish the nameplate and dust yeah. it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I like that. Okay. But yeah, yeah, oh, I really like this university now. <laughs> this weird little university. We, we, we might end up talking about this university quite a bit. Yeah, I like it. Because I like it a lot. I'm sure he, like, went out of his way to make sure that it's 
towards the center of the city-ish, so it's probably nearby one of the major um, chapels as well. Right. Does Uram have siblings? And what are they into? I think Uram does have siblings. And I think that most of them went into, like, normal orcish things to do. Mm -hmm. Um, One of them probably became a religious disciple. I wanted to say leader. That doesn't seem right. Yeah, maybe when he's older he becomes a leader. He went to study. He went to study. He he went with with the religious types. Maybe uh, he had another sibling who went into the military. Mm -hmm. Which in Krakengard there's a lot of crossover. (laughs) And maybe just, like, a socialite older sibling who just does the thing of being the face of the family. Right. I like that. I mm-hmm. like that. There's probably a little bit of familial tension at that point once Uram takes over as the head of the family. I'm sure this socialite, who has spent their entire life being like, oh yes, and then you go to the parties and you rub elbows and you this is the fork you use to eat the appetizer with, has to coach him through all of this and they're so upset about it. I've been studying this my whole life, but okay. Do we want to like make a stance on how quote-unquote civilized orcish noble parties are? Like I, I like I don't know if I'm getting like the the palace of, of Versailles feel from the orcs. No, but I also a but too frilly. But I I, but I'm also I also want to stem away from they're just in a mead hall drinking yeah, no. with the blood of boars from yeah. elephant tusks no. or, or something. I I want it to be stuffy. Like, like the kind of stuffy that nobody enjoys, but okay. the people who have to go to it pretend that they do. Let me let me run this by you. Yes. Everyone is wearing furs. Okay. No matter what time of year it is. Yes. Okay, good. I like it. And small asterisk, furs or scales, seeing as yep. how this is a port city. Yep. And there's probably some real big things that have real big scales. And like sort of the one of the big ways you socially one up uh, each other is to have the fancier pelt that yes. you're wearing. Yes. And like the implication is supposed to be that you went off and hunted this thing, but a lot but of people just pay someone this, else to do it. At this point, it, that's never the case. Right, right, right. <laughs> Still very stuffy. Very <laughs> like stuffy. you have to sit down and you have to know which one is the salad fork. Nobody knows which one the salad fork is. <laughs> what, if, what, if, what if a lot of it is stuff that they have like heard some some other people was doing at a fancy party and so they half copying that and then when his friends come over from from out of town and like oh here's how we they're like oh i heard this is how you do it over there and they start like you know combing their hair with a fork or something and they're just like "Uh." we'll go with that i do I, i i'm definitely probably leaning a little hard on the orcs are very well-groomed fancy just because there's the orcs equal to, i'm i'm trying to lean away from the from orcs big, as dumb barbarians orcs, big barbarian orcs yeah. yeah so i also the image of big muscular folks very daintily eating like salad and sipping tea makes it's just delightful to me personally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can i can i just put this out there yes ruffled collars <gasps> rough collars yes Elizabethan collars. Hell yeah. <laughs> Orcs love Elizabethan collars. But fur. Like yeah. big poofy fur collars. Yeah. So uh, you see one guy come in and he's just got this collar with fur sticking out super far. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh man, that guy's got it. And then someone else comes in and his pelt, and his, so you know, his is an actual like pelt that's been roughed. Mm-hmm. Like oh. and it is doing oh, the, the this curly thing and everyone just goes fucking <laughs> they wild. They lose their minds. Can we do the, can we do, at least for socialites, can we do the thing where they got their hair real big and real Mm. fancy? (laughs) Yeah. Big, fancy, ridiculous hair things, but for the men. Mm Mm-hmm. For the men, Mm -hmm. having big, fancy hair things. Especially with braids. Mm Mm-hmm. Big old braid loops. 
big old fancy things. Like I like I really been I was reminded that I, I just said we're not doing Palace of Versailles, but I really yeah, like the Palace uh-huh, of Versailles uh-huh, thing uh-huh. where like someone came in like with their hair in the shape of a boat. Uh, and then someone yes. else was like, I can do one better and came in with their, cage. Yeah, with their hair as a bird cage with an actual <laughs> live bird, bird in, in it. it. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that sort of stuff. Right, and it's, that. and it's all these like big buff orcs that mm-hmm. are coming in with like a bird in their hair. These fantastic <laughs> hairdos. Yeah, I love no. that a lot. I dig it. Okay. Okay, that feels a little bit better. <laughs> okay, so one last thing. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't know, know if we decided how long ago this person was bopping around from what we're doing. We Do we want to say this person? Not, but I was getting the feeling that when we were talking about tech in the last episode, mm-hmm. that um, this is still a relatively new technology, and it at least hasn't had time to travel very far. Mm-hmm. So I figure this person is still alive, and maybe they're not young, young, but they're still like they're still kicking. Is okay. What I'm feeling. You think that the maybe at this point in their life they're like the uh, the old inventor hanging out in his workshop all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Like he's a well established figure, but not like and hundreds of years ago this right. was the founder of the right. This, yeah. This is sort of a sort of a Ben Franklin or Leonardo da Vinci type. Yeah. Where everyone is like, oh man, he's so smart. If you can get this guy to look at your idea, then yeah. it's super cool. But he most spends most of his most of his most time of in the workshop. Yeah. Kind of on yeah. his own or with his elf husband. Yes. If we touch on him again with another character, I want him to just be like a mess. Like, oh, yeah. Like the worst. You you hear all these stories about him and then you go to the workshop and he's got like three cups of coffee, a cup of paint water. He drinks from the paint water. He doesn't even notice. <laughs> yeah. That sort of mess. No, and, and like all the while his, his husband is running around trying to uh, make sure that the right thing is in the right place so that when he blindly reaches yeah. out for, for something, he'll grab the right thing. Make sure he sleeps every, like, at least once a week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing. Oh, no. I love Uram and his elf husband. <laughs> I feel like we should give his husband a his name. His husband needs a name. His husband needs a Hope name. Of that generator. <laughs> his husband needs a name. Get his husband a name. Yeah. Just Vadi Rava. Vadi Rava. I like that. Yeah. Uram and his husband Vadi. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. On that note, <laughs> how do we feel about this so far? I'm feeling really good about right. it. I feel like... I feel like we know this character and, by extension, the world that he lives in a little bit better now. Yeah. A lot better now, It 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 feels really good, I think, to actually delve into the characters, because this is where I'm at, and this is where I feel good, and I'm, Uh like, shaking out all my muscles. I'm ready for this. Yeah. (laughs) Start playing with characters. Can I be bold and say what I think our next episode should be right now? Sure. Because I'm going through and making notes, I think next episode should be tying up loose ends that we never tied up in the actual episodes. That's a Um, good idea. Because I'm running into that a lot, is us saying something and then going off on a tangent and not coming back to it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. hopefully by next week I will have the rest of the notes written up and I will have these bullet pointed properly so we can go back and actually wrap them up instead of rabbit trailing down another, granted, important part of the world, but not what we intended to talk about when we started. Right. I agree. I we'll agree, I agree entirely. And this will be the uh, the follow up episode. Yeah. <laughs> and if we get any more emails, 
Yeah. Are you gonna do that? I'm still riding the high of getting that email literally today, like seven hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> like, Super excited. You guys, you guys, by the time you're listening to this, this is like old hat by now. I'm sure that this email happened, but I am losing my mind <laughs> about it still a little bit. It was yes. very sweet. It was very nice. Thank you, Quentin. I love you. <laughs> love you, Quentin. Okay. But for now. Uh, this has been the World Building Podcast. I'm Will. And I'm Eli. Send us your emails. Send us your emails. We love you. And kiss your elf husband. Kiss your elf husband. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to the World Building Podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter at WorldBuildPod, or you can shoot us an email at WorldBuildingPod at gmail.com. Our music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Our opening song is Pukatori and Friends, and our closer is Digital Lemonade.